0: Hey, this is Heather from the media team at Word Alive, you're listening to our Sermon of the Week. This week we have Kent and Poppin talking about the five-fold ministry and how with discipline we can fulfill our purpose. Enjoy this message. We started a journey uh, a few weeks back and, and we, we started talking about the big picture and uh basically we're taking these few weeks as we started 2017 to talk about the simple subject when church works church works and we're trying to paint a big picture and that's why we're using these big boards so that we can just get a good grasp of what we believe here at word alive it means to be the church that works and the church that works we believe that the local church is the greatest expression of god's love and grace in the earth We believe the local church actually is ordained by God himself. When Jesus said something like this, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We believe we're a city set on a hill. We believe we're the light of the world. We believe we're the salt of the earth. We believe when the local church is functioning properly, it's the greatest enterprise in the earth for life transformation power. Amen? So we believe in the power of the local church. And so we've been trying to talk about this the last few weeks. We started week one with the simple concept of a 10 one serve one. We realized that obviously attending service like we're doing today, worshiping God is very important because when we worship Jesus, enter the presence of God together, something happens. At the same time, we realized that not only just worship God with hands extended, with hands lifted up, but we need to have hands extended to serve one another. We realize that worship's not just this but worship's also this when we extend love to one another so attend one serve one then we switched and we started talking about two roles in the church elders and deacons we we kind of looked at the the concept that there's people who have ideas and words these are what we call elders but then there's also deacons who has hands and that work with hands and application and works and we realize everybody's got a place there's a place for everybody here in the body of Christ to function with your gifting and with your calling. Maybe you're not called to be a teacher or a preacher like me, but you're called to do something. Everybody in the body of Christ, and not one gift's not better than the others. You know that's why we're called a body. That's why we have to function together. And so we talked about it's time to mature, time to step up, find our purpose, find our calling, and find our function. So before we even move on, won't you touch two or three people, and say, get ready to walk into your purpose. Tell them, won't you get ready to work into your purpose? Then last week, we talked about a three-pronged vision. We talked about we're, we're believing God for 5,000 worshipers that will literally have a spiritual influence in the spirit realm, worshiping God, making declarations through prayers and worship and that type of stuff. A thousand houses of light where we will literally move from just the uh, ecclesia of gathering to the koinonia of community and church where we don't, you know, the church isn't here. The church is where we take it to and that our homes will become havens of light, houses of light, that we'll turn on the light in some dark neighborhoods and darkness is gonna be, be dispelled and light's gonna come on and then last but not least we talked about our goal and, and as a million our, say our goal our vision from god is a million dollars a year to try to be a part of eradicating poverty around the world and so these 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 aren't goals like we got into a room and said let's just come up with some goals we talked about last week how god gave us this by vision and so if you didn't get to tune into that, it's available online and by podcast. And so I'd welcome you to, to watch that because it is a very important one. This week is gonna be in a very exciting week. With permission, it's okay. I'm gonna skip week four, move into week five, and I'll hit week four uh, next week. And I wanted to do that because Pavin Mudiam is gonna help me preach today. Pavin Mudiam is a young man, and he basically is a son of this house. He, he, he started church here when he was like seven years old. I think he's 23 as of yesterday and uh, he is headed to Nepal in a few days as a missionary with wine to water, and a, we're excited that a son of our house is being sent apostolically from our church to the nation of Nepal to be a part of changing a nation from Coldwater, Alabama. Come on, somebody. So won't you welcome Pavin as he comes to help me share this morning. Come on. Woo! That's right. We'll sound so far on you, Pavin. <laughs> you want to greet everybody while we get our oh, yeah. props out? Good Come on, guys. Good evening,
1: everyone. Thank you so much. Um, I'm so honored to be up here getting to speak with you guys. Like you said, I've grown up here my whole life. My parents have been bringing me here every Sunday, just like this attend one, serve one. I, it's because of them that I'm standing up here today, and I'm, I'm just so honored to bring this word that I really believe the Lord has given me to tell you guys. So thank you for letting me be up here today.
0: We're glad to have you, Pavin. You want to introduce your uh, colleague from Wine to Water while we're getting Oh, yes,
1: and so I I am joining with the organization Wine to Water, and Shane, if you'll stand up. Uh, If you want to go check out our table outside, uh, trust me, he'll show you a little great uh, presentation of the water filters they're doing and just uh, how awesome this
0: organization is going to be
1: and really what the Lord's doing uh, there, and I can't wait to be in Nepal to see it, so thanks, Shane.
0: Paul, and I am so glad you're here today. I've been literally fighting my fear of heights and if you don't mind holding this ladder it'd be me. great peace today you got it oh yeah all right good man so i'm going to ease back up here in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost (laughs) number five today we're going to be talking about a, a, a subject called the five fold ministry The fivefold ministry. Pavin, you made me feel so much better. <laughs> Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven, Paul the Apostle begins to talk to us about the church being a team of ministers graced by God to equip saints for the work of ministry. And so if, if we'll take a minute and look at it, it says something like this, and he himself, speaking of God, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, unfortunately, this is just now becoming uh, An awareness, if you will, to the body of Christ in the Western culture. Most of our culture has been built more on one man. (laughs) Kind of a snazzy guy. Looks like he's on the move there. With these people pastoring leading uh an organization basically where he's the basically it's jesus and him and then the people and he's getting direction from jesus and he's basically legislating the instructions and making sure people abide by them and that's kind of a in a general context the western church and so we talked about that the reason this isn't working is because it's just not a biblical model Because now you have a definition of clergy and laity, and the Bible says nothing about either. The Bible doesn't mention clergy, and it doesn't mention laity. These are man-made terms. Clergy is not a term. When, when When the Bible speaks of ministry, it speaks of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. By the way, pastors only mention one time in the whole Bible. Yet somehow we've elevated that to the highest office in the church and put all the pressure on one man to lead and people to follow. But that's not the way the church was designed to function because laity is actually a term that means uneducated and untrained. And God never designed the church to be full of people that are uneducated and untrained. Actually, Revelations 1 says something like this, that he saved us and washed us in his blood and called us to be kings and priests unto our God. And so the biblical model of church, there would be a whole kingdom of priests, a whole army of priests who would be ministers for the Lord. So we tried to adopt this, of course, believing it's a biblical model and believing it's kind of what the Lord showed us, that it's a different kind of concept. We don't look as the, as the five-fold ministry here being on top, ministering to people down here. We actually look at our five-fold ministry as being on the bottom. Because it's a function, not a title. And so when we look at that, we, 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 see, we see the apostle. We see the prophet. We see the evangelist. We see the teacher and the pastor all here in the root system of a tree. Because we don't believe we're an organization that's supposed to be legislated by a leader to abide by the rules, we believe we're an organism that's supposed to be planted by grace gifts of God. That's a place where people can grow into their purpose and destiny and see God's wisdom fulfilled in their own lives. That we equip people for the work of ministry. And so when you understand that, you see the five fold ministry, you can keep up with it like this. I, I look at the thumb as the apostle. Because he can touch all the gifts. Then the prophet, he's the one that's pointing out callings and destinies and calling people into their, to their purpose and their giftings in the church. Then the evangelist, that's the finger that reaches out the longest. And then, of course the evangelists are always wanting to reach out and communicate the good news of the gospel. Then the pastor, the wedding ring, uh, the, the marriage, the counseling. And then the teacher's the smallest because it can get in tiny places. Right? And dig out truths. And so now we understand what the Bible means when it says the fivefold ministry is the hand of God. Amen. And so now James says something like this. Humble yourself under the hand of God so that he can lift you up, not hold you down. Come on, somebody. So true spiritual authority, five-fold ministry, is to lift people up, not keep people down. And so that's our concept, and it says a, a, as a tree, why a tree? We believe it's a biblical concept. Bev and I, when we first launched out, to, be, uh, we were just planning, thinking, praying about a church in our hearts. We were in Amsterdam preaching, and there was a guy named Shavda, who's a prophet of God, who was preaching and ministering that meeting, and he called us out, and he prophesied. He said, I see you two pioneering a, a, a work in the wilderness— And I see you building a church in the wilderness and the church is actually a huge tree. And many come there and find their lodging in that tree. Well, that doesn't take us long to believe the biblical concept of a tree because it started in Genesis, there was a tree of life. Jesus died on a tree to remove the curse. And in Revelations 22.2 two, it actually says there is a tree by the river of life right now in heaven. Whose yielding fruit leaves each month for the healing of the nations. And so we believe that our concept of five-fold ministry should be viewed as a, true, as a tree. And what's interesting is the deeper you go into leadership in this organ, or, organism, if you will, it's not going higher, you're actually going lower. So we believe leadership is actually going deeper, not higher. We go deeper in our love. We go deeper in our respect. We go deeper in our honor. We go deeper in our heart for God. We go deeper in our level of commitment, deeper in our level of sacrifice. And as, and as we are moving people along with us deeper, connecting to the grace of God, the tree gets bigger and the fruit more bountiful, because we simply believe that's what we're called to do. So Pavin has agreed grac- graciously today to help me talk about what does it mean to be planted in the house of God? To be planted in the house of God. Come on, Pavin, let it rip, my man. <laughs> awesome. All right, so like just, excuse me
1: So like Pastor Ken was saying, um, this planting process of being in this tree, I believe the Lord has been taking me on this journey for the past five years. Since I graduated high school to now, he's been leading me in this process of going deeper and not just higher, but deeper in him. And so it comes with this four pack I have of principles, I think. That uh, if you just live this out, you will root yourself deep into what God has for your life. And so they're purpose, discipline, grace, and accountability. So if everyone wants to say it together with me purpose, purpose, grace, grace accountability, uh, discipline, discipline accountability. accountability. All right, all right, sweet. So we'll start with the first one. So every tree has to be rooted to start, right? It starts with a seed and then its roots grow. And just like Roots in a tree, we have to start with a good root. And so uh, let me uh, read the passage of scripture that I have for today. It's in Romans 11, uh, 17 to the end. So. All right. Behind and underneath all this, there is a holy, God planted, God tended root. If the primary root of the tree is holy, there is bound to be some holy fruit. Some of the tree's branches were pruned, and you wild olive shoots were grafted in. Yet the fact that you are now fed by that rich and holy root gives you no cause to crow over the pruned branches. Remember, you aren't feeding the root. The root is feeding you. Mm. It's certainly possible to say other branches were pruned so that I could be grafted in. Well and good, but they were pruned because they were dead wood, no longer connected by belief and commitment to the root. The only reason you're on the tree is because your graft took when you believed and because you're connected to that belief-nurturing root. So don't get cocky and strut your branch. Be humfully mindful of the root that keeps you lithe and green. If God didn't think twice about taking pruning shears to the natural branches, why would he hesitate over you? He wouldn't give it a second thought. Make sure you stay alert to these qualities of gentle kindness and ruthless severity that exist side by side in God. Ruthless with the dead wood, gentle with the grafted shoot. But don't presume on this gentleness the moment you become dead wood, you're out of there. And don't get to feeling superior to those pruned branches down on the ground. If they don't persist in remaining dead wood, they could very well get grafted back in. God can do that. He can perform miracle grafts. Why, if he could graft you branches cut from a tree out in the wild into an orchard tree, he certainly isn't going to have any trouble grafting branches back into the tree they grew from in the first place. Just be glad you're in the tree and hope the best for others.
0: Wow, beautiful.
1: All right. So we have to connect to that belief-nurturing root. I believe that when we get our purpose in Christ Jesus, it's like we're connected in the ground and that his water keeps running into our lives and producing the fruit and the growth that we need to succeed. In my own life, when I graduated high school, I really didn't have my purpose. I I really didn't know what I was going to do. I just went off to college and I told the Lord, look, I'll leave you here and uh, when I come back after five years and I graduate and I had a good time, we'll come back together and figure it all out. Uh, So I'm 23 as of yesterday, and uh, I feel like I'm pretty wise, and that was not a wise decision back then. (laughs) So uh, I tried. For uh, about three months, I lasted at college with that ideal. And then the Lord brought me back. I came home during Thanksgiving. Uh, I was wrecked with guilt, and um, I told my parents that I had just been doing drugs, that I had been partying, that I had lost my purpose, and I needed to go find my purpose and find Jesus. So thank God they were connected to that belief-nurturing root. Because then they said, all right. They sent me to Australia, where I joined with the missions organization, and God totally wrecked my life. I mean, he radically changed me. He gave me a purpose. He picked me back up, told me I was okay. And uh, he he gave me the purpose that I need to serve others. And I believe we all have a calling to serve others. But for me, he gave it to me in a really practical way to go to UAB and I got my degree in public health to serve those that can't serve themselves around the world. And I graduated just a month ago. So praise God. Woo! So just like the scripture says, we, there is a holy, God-planted, God-tended root that all of us can connect to. And that is our purpose. So turn to your neighbor and say, you have a purpose in
0: Christ Jesus. You have a purpose in Christ Jesus.
1: Awesome. So back to the tree. So a tree can't grow by just us men. We can fertilize, we can cut weeds, we can water it. But in the end, sometimes nature can blow it over. It can take it up. It can be uprooted. And I think uh, in grace in our own life, sometimes we find our purpose and we see what Jesus wants for us. But then we get hit by a storm. We get hit by things in our life that take us out, and we feel like we've been we've been cut. Like the scripture says, when we feel like we've been grafted, we're not grafted in anymore. We're just cut. We're dead wood. Uh, And in my own life, I came back from Australia where I I had this purpose and I was fired up. Me and Jesus were on this awesome honeymoon and we were just living life together. And and I realized that life gets tough, that um, I do still make mistakes, that I'm not going to be perfect. And and so I went to Birmingham and I started just going down this route where I kept making mistakes and not being able to deal with it. I felt the guilt and I felt like I couldn't tell anyone. And then I got myself into a relationship where I knew it wasn't going to bear fruit right when I hopped in. But it made me feel good because I was feeling bad about the mistakes I was making. And so I started not being able to go to church anymore, not being able to talk to people I know, talk to my parents, talk to Pastor Kent. I just couldn't share the feelings I had because there was so much guilt racking me. And then that same summer, I got hit with another wave where my best friend died from an overdose. Just out of nowhere. And... And I just, my whole world was crashing around around me, and I couldn't see my purpose anymore. I couldn't see where I was going, and I was racked with this guilt and these decisions, and I just couldn't find my way out. But God was there. He picked me back up. After a year of that, uh, I, I messed up in that relationship, and he, and he gave me a door to get out. And so I got out, and two weeks later, he opened the door for me to go to Wine to Water. And he opened the door for me to intern there. And now I have a job. Now I have my purpose. I've graduated. I'm full of life. And it's because we have grace. God can perform a miracle graft and graft you back into the tree. It doesn't matter about that. So turn to your other neighbor and say, I have a purpose in Christ Jesus.
0: I have a purpose in Christ Jesus. And to your other
1: neighbor, I have grace to keep me in it. I have grace to keep me in it. Awesome. All right. So in every tree, sometimes it has to go through a pruning process. Sometimes it needs to be cut. Sometimes good things have to be cut off so that it can grow, and bad things need to be cut off so it can grow. And for me, this is discipline, of course. In my own life, I've had situations where I I felt like I was becoming that dead wood, and I felt cut because God was disciplining me. And I was, just, I was like, God, I don't want to be disciplined right now. It hurts. I can just see him up there switching me on the butt, you know. And I'm just like, but that's not him. The Lord disciplines people because he loves them. And because sometimes you have good things and bad things that you just need to put aside in your life right now. Because you need to move forward and God wants to push you and give you wisdom for the next step in your life. And he might restore them because he's so good and gracious. But right now, sometimes you need to be disciplined. And um, so turn to your neighbor and say, He disciplines you because He loves you.
0: He disciplines you because He loves you. Awesome.
1: All right. So, my, my last, and I think probably the most important in my life, is that sometimes in the process of a tree growing, it, when it's small, it needs stakes to hold it up so that it doesn't get blown over. And that for me is accountability. And so, you have to have people in your life that remind you that you have a purpose, that when you make a mistake, there's grace. And that when you're being disciplined, it's because God loves you and wants you to move forward. So in my own life, I was struggling with this. I was coming back home from Birmingham this past semester to finish school. And I had interned in North Carolina, and I was so worried about what what I was going to do because I knew I had grabbed a hold of those first three things, but I knew I needed people to remind me or I was going to falter or I was going to fall back and become dead wood all over again and be just cut out. So, thank God. Um, me and my mom were talking about it um, the Sabbath service. And so she said, You know, I think you need to start a life group or a house of light. And I was like, Mom, I, I just don't think I'm good enough for that. And um, so Pastor Kim was up here preaching that, that Sunday. And um, he actually uh, called up a man by the name of Joshua Taylor. He's sitting over here. And, um, and I saw him. And mom was like, That's the guy. You need to talk to him. And so we talked after the service. And we agreed, you know, like Friday night, we're going to come together, we're going to invite some guys. We're going to be open, we're going to be transparent, we're going to bring Jesus in. And first off, Friday night with uh, 22-year-olds at the time, guys, attractive, it was hard, okay? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We we gave up those Fridays to sit in a room with a bunch of dudes, and it was awesome. Because Jesus came, and every time we would sit down and somehow someone would get a revelation, we'd remind each other that we have a purpose, that we have grace, that we are being disciplined because we are about to get stronger. And God just kept us going. So I have a few of them in the stands. Aaron and Joshua. just wave, stand up and wave for me. All right. So, and they're here today because we connected to that root together, and we grew together. And so, with these guys, I've never felt like I've had a bigger foundation for what God wants to do in my life ever. So, turn to your neighbor and say, God has got people for you.
0: God's got people for you.
1: So, those are my four pack of principles. And I think if anyone can get a hold of them or just be reminded of them, that you can connect to the purpose that God's had for you, that you can connect to this tree and you can grow up strong and in favor. And in my own life, I've been learning this the past five years. And I'm about to go off to Nepal, and I, I don't know, you know, where, what God's going to do or what He's going to do, but I know that this foundation is the rock, and I'm rooted deep into His Word and what He wants to do for my life, and I pray that all of you guys can do the same. So let me throw it back to Kim. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Woo! Woo! Beautiful. So as and so powerfully talked to us about being planted, our church process is being geared toward that freedom track. That's how you find purpose. We, we get you moving with scriptures to connect to this place of purpose. And then we teach about the culture of grace, that engaging in spiritual community, that a place of grace where we can be gracious one to another while God is working on us. And then of course the houses of light, which we have designed specifically with the help of the Holy Spirit so that we find a place of love and strength and accountability so that we can weather uh, life storms together and move on this track and become this fruitful tree i mean you know bev and i were sitting here today and this happens to us from time to time but she started crying i started crying people are being baptized and you know, you just you just think, Lord, are we making a difference? or are, are, we, are we impacting anybody's life? And so you see all these people being baptized, but then you see Pavin, who, you know, we just think, Lord, sometimes, Lord, is, was it the, the pain and the process that you go through to plant a tree and grow a tree and be pruned as a tree, but then when you see fruit, like Pavin, who because of this tree now is moving in his purpose and moving in his destiny, and now going to the nation of Paul, you're saying, God, we've got to be what you called us to be and continue to flourish here for the purposes of God's kingdom to be expressed, Amen. and so the whole concept about a tree is very powerful when you look at the purpose of that. I begin to peek at it just a little bit this week. Psalm one. Uh, I think it is verse 3 says something on these lines you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf will not wither and whatsoever it does or he does shall prosper and I realized just looking at it naturally today or this week up to today the purpose of a tree in the earth is to literally take in toxic gases carbon dioxide, and, and take that into its system and then release back oxygen, which gives life. And so when you say, Kent, what does it mean a church is called to be a tree? We are called as a tree of life to be planted as the body of Christ, to take in the toxic things of the world and embrace them and bring them into our lives. Church is not about a place that you get good enough to go. Church is not about a place where you get it all together before you show up. Church is not about a place where perfect people go to worship a perfect God. Church is a place where the toxicity of life can be all over you from depression, to drug addiction, to alcoholism, to broken marriages, to broken lives, and you connect to the church, which is the tree of life, and they embrace your toxicity, but then they release the oxygen of God, and you breathe, and you live again, and you thrive again. That's what the church is called to be. This place where we can take in the darkness and take in the sin. You know, for so long we've been taught that don't tell people your sin, don't tell people your toxic issues. And we've so neglected society as the church, and we've been this wrong idea of God. Jesus said, I didn't come for the well, I came for the sick. And we realize that's the whole purpose of a tree is to breathe in all the toxicities of the world and then convert it and release oxygen back so that life can flow from the tree. But not only that, we understand trees are supposed to be resourceful. I think it's Isaiah 61.3 that says something like this. It says that we will be like a tree that, or we shall be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. That word righteousness is translated in a Hebrew word which means good deeds. And so the church is supposed to have an impact on society. In other words, we're not just supposed to be a place that just comes and gathers, but we're supposed to be a place that changes our community. In other words, we're supposed to be those that care about the poor. We're supposed to be there that make a difference in society. Trees—what do they produce? Lumber. They, they produce medicine, fruit, shade. There's so many act, so many usefulness, so many things of usefulness from a tree. We're supposed to be a resource, if you will, for society around us through our good works. God says something like this: "They shall see your good works and they shall glorify me." This is a great question to ask ourselves as a church. If our tree was cut down, would the community know it? That's a great question to ask ourselves as a church. If our tree was taken away, all of a sudden, would our community feel the impact of that? I have to believe yes. I have to believe they would. But you know what? We can be better, we can get stronger. And God gives us many opportunities to continue to be the church in a dark world. I had an experience yesterday. I didn't share this first service, but it's just worth sharing. It's just comical, and it's true, and it's scary, and it's awesome. I'm at Dollar General, one of my favorite stores. (laughs) They need more cash registers. But other than that, it's a great store. The lines get long. Stuff's cheap. It's awesome. And so I think I met some of my recovery friends. They may be here today. I don't know if my uh, recovery friends were here today, but uh, they were there from real life, the girls. And uh, so we're all in line, and so we're yakking it up, you know, and so it turns into a whole church service at Dollar General, right? I mean, we're like prophesying, talking about destiny, talking about purpose. We're crying. We're testifying, you know, and we got, we're backed up, like we got lines, and so uh, people behind us, and we finally get through, get through and I get my items. And so they're wanting to carry on the revival they were having. And so I put my buggy uh, out there in the, uh, the front and uh, walk over to the van and we carry on the conversation and we have a great time. And I come back and somebody has stole the stuff out of my buggy that I bought. <laughs> Isn't that just like the devil? As soon as you get something good going, right? right there at the front door. And I had to, at that moment, you know, I had to decide, uh, you know, what do you do? Well, you just go back in and rebuy it. (laughs) Maybe they just needed it more than I needed it. And the lady in the store saying, "Let's let's find them, let's put them in jail. I'm like, no, let's just embrace that somebody may have needed stuff worse than I did. And she's like, are you that preacher? Right, But see, I think our church, I mean, I think we should be known for generosity. We should be, when when, when you go into restaurants after service today, the waitresses and waiters ought to be fired up because they know the biggest tippers in the community are about to stroll in, not the stingiest Christians. Come on, somebody. Society is supposed to be blessed because a tree is planted here. And then last but not least, when you think about the tree, you think about strength. I've been to California and I've seen some amazing trees, some so big you can drive through them like a tunnel. Redwoods, amazing. Some of them they say are thousands of years old and they've withstood earthquakes and climate change and winters, and seasons, and you just can't be, you can't help but just be awed by the strength of a tree, and then I've seen the palm tree, and I've seen storms and hurricanes on the news, and those palm trees are bent all the way over. I don't know how they don't break, but all of a sudden, boom, they're back up, and they're standing strong, and I got to thinking the church should be the place that we together withstand the storms, withstand life's trials together. You know, life's too hard to do alone. Church should be the place that, we're, that, that we find the strength and we find the endurance needed to, to walk through life's storms together and see the plans and purposes of God, not only fulfilled in our life, but generations to come. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in our movement becoming a monument. I'm not interested in us just, just catching fire for a while here at are live and burning out. I'm looking for Pavan and I'm looking for other young people and other young people to take this mantle and move on with it. So that generation after generation until the Lord comes back, this tree that the Lord's planted is still bearing the fruit for the kingdom of God in this region for as long as the Lord, God shall tarry until he returns again. so our question, Pavan and I together, our question simply to you today is, are you planted? Are you planted in the house of God? Psalm 92 verse 11 says, those that are planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of their God. See, what I'm, what I'm continually surprised about, everybody wants to flourish, but they not necessarily wanna be planted. Everybody wants to be blessed. Everybody wants to be healed. Everybody wants a breakthrough. Everybody wants their family okay and their finances okay and everything. And they want to flourish, but they don't want to be planted. Because when you plant yourself, you have to go through the process of becoming what God wants you to become. And so I realized that the purpose of the enemy is continually to try to snatch people away or out of the tree and disconnect them so that God's purposes can be aborted. And we all know how he does it. As Pavin testified so powerfully, sin. He'll just distract us and just get us looking for something to try to satisfy us that he wants to satisfy. And the next thing you know, We find ourselves separated from the church, not because sin separates us, but because we're guilt-ridden. And now guilt overwhelms us, and we can't find our way back. I had an experience one time. I was just a new pastor, and and a friend of mine from, not Luther, but a friend of ours from England came and visited me. And he said, hey, let's go shoot some pool. And I said, yeah, okay, there's a bowling alley down the street. He goes, no, no, I want to go to a pub. He called it a bar. I'm like, I can't do that. I said, I'm a pastor. He said, a religious pastor. I said, yeah, I can't be seen at a bar. He goes, God, come on. So we go. And I'm thinking, Lord, I hope nobody sees me at this bar. So I slide in and we're shooting pool and I'm like, in the worst nightmare, here comes a guy from the church, walks in, says, Pastor Kent what are you doing here? (laughs) Then the wisdom of God took over, and I said, what are you doing here? (laughs) Tears started rolling down his face. He said, I've been backslidden. He said, I've just been so ridden with guilt, I've got caught up in some wrong things. And I've just been too guilty to come to church. And he said, I actually prayed this morning and said, God, I can't find my way back to church. Would you send somebody to find me? And got reconciled there in the church. And what I'm seeing is I'm seeing the extent that God is going to through the church to reconcile people back to himself. To ensure that they're grafted in and they continually find the life of God flowing through them. Second, and I guess the only other thing that I could want to share with you this morning that the enemy does is he tries to separate us just through hurt, offense, disappointment. And as long as men and women are leading churches, people are going to get disappointed. But we get disappointed when we get our eyes on men and women. Because there is no perfect tree. I don't believe there's any perfect churches. Amen. Amen. If there is and you went there, it wouldn't be perfect anymore. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would mess up the tree. Because there's no perfect people and there's no perfect churches. But what the enemy does is he gets people to unplug themselves, un- pluck themselves up and move and never stay planted it's a ploy of the enemy and unfortunately our western culture buys into the fact and so a lot of what we call church growth is actually church transplant it's just some people get upset with this church and they go plant themselves in another church we call it church growth but it's actually just transplant it's not real growth And we allow the enemy, and I'm not saying we do it knowingly, but we allow the enemy to do that in our lives, and we never plant ourselves and just go through the process, trusting that if God plants you, He will send somebody to water you, and if you stay planted there long enough, God will bring the increase in your life. And if the leader, if you, if the leaders need to change, and a lot of times we do. That's not the time to leave. That's the time to plant yourself and stay prayerful until it changes, until God does what he wants to do. And so my question today, are you planted in the house of God? Are you diligently seeking to be grafted into this thing called the local church or the tree that we're calling it? Are you engaged in the processes well, I love the fruit, but what our goal is is to bring the fruit into this deeper place of commitment that they begin to embrace the process so that they can move forward and see their purpose fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And so I just believe that the Holy Spirit today has used Pavin's words about purpose and about grace and about discipline and accountability to allow people to maybe get regrafted, Or maybe just to encourage somebody that's going through a time of discipline and realizing God's not trying to destroy you. He's actually just trying to make you stronger. That's why it says count it all joy when you're going through trials and temptations knowing that it's, he's working in your endurance so that you can be complete and mature, lacking nothing. And in whatever process we are today, I believe the grace of God's available. I believe there's connections that God's wanting to bring in our lives through Houses of Light to help us grow and continue to move in this journey. And so we just wanted to take a time, Pavin and I, if you don't mind, and just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to do something here in our lives this morning. Is that okay? Would you stand up with me this morning? There's a tree, uh, there's a scripture that I found in the book of Job. You know that book we don't like to read? And uh, it's in verse, it's in uh, chapter 14, I think. Have we got that available? It's such a powerful scripture. Job. There it is. Can we put it on the screen? Here it is. It says there's hope for a tree. If it's cut down that it will sprout again and that its tender shoots will not cease. Though its root may grow old in the earth and though its stump may die in the ground. Yet at the scent of water it will bud and bring forth branches just like a plant i just want to encourage you today there's hope there's always hope for the tree i've seen it i've seen them cut down to the ground where it looks like they'll never grow again and all of a sudden you walk back out later and somehow they've gotten contacted with that root system and that water begin to flow again. And the next thing you know, this sapling begins to grow again and they come right back to life at the scent of water. And so I just wanna go ahead and encourage somebody today, no matter at what part of this journey you're in, there is hope today for me and you in this process. And so Father, we just say right now, God, if there's anybody here today that's looking for their purpose Lord, we thank you that it's found in Christ because we believe every person on the earth was created for a purpose. And so, Lord, you said these words, you said in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a good and expected future. Then you will seek me and you will find me when you seek for me with all your heart. Lord, I thank you that there's grace available today. Because, God, we all make mistakes, and we all get disconnected, and we all become dead wood at times. And So, Father, we just thank you now that there's a grace available today for those of us that may have found ourselves disconnected from the tree in some sort of fashion. That we can begin to reconnect and come back to life again. Lord, there's others, those of us that were well connected, and we're, we're in the process, but, man, this discipline hurts. And we're hanging on to promises that we believe you made And we've just not seen them yet And sometimes we feel like giving up but sometimes we feel like getting, quitting and we get discouraged God, just remind us that you're only disciplining us because you love us And you're always good And you're good all the time And you're good in every circumstance And if, you're, if we can't see you working for us Then you're probably working in us To do something that desperately needs to be done in our life the Lord, last but not least, we ask you for divine relationships. Somehow connect us to these houses of light that we could find relationships that'll be those accountability people, those, those strengths in our life that will be, they'll be there to help us with our weaknesses and us with their weaknesses so that we can, by the grace of God, grow into this tree of life that you're wanting us to be in the earth. Father, I join Pavin's hand today, and I just thank you, Lord, that I believe he's a first fruits. And that as people see him today and they see what you've done in his life, that there's parents here today, that your children are not on the track they're supposed to be, and they may be you may look at them and you may think they're nothing but dead wood right now, spiritually speaking, that they're just so far away from God's purposes and plans. But I say now in the name of Jesus, the same grace and the same God and the same mercy and compassion that reached out to Pavin and brought him into this place of purpose and put him on this place in this of destiny. Lord, I thank you now that household salvation will come to these people today in this church that are praying for, for children to come home. And so I say the name of Jesus, I call prodigals home today for the purposes and the plans of God to be fulfilled in their life. We call loved ones into the kingdom today. We call them back to their purpose and their plans. And Lord, I thank you that we'll look back and we'll say that day God heard from heaven and answered my prayer and saved my son or saved my daughter or brought them into the purposes and the plans of God. Lord, let hope come alive today. in that mama or that daddy who's praying for their children today, God, trusting you with their lives. Let all fear and anxiety be quieted. And let faith and hope come. You promised that our seed and our seed's seed would serve you. So, Father, we ask you for that and we believe you for it today. And we thank you for that spirit of hope just rising up in people's lives today in Jesus name
1: Uh, the Lord gave me in the first service this word um, and I think it's for this service as well Pastor Kent was talking uh, a few months ago about just rising up and walk and I feel like people in this place kinda feel like they're the man on the mat like that Jesus told to get up and that you feel like disabilities are holding you down or your sins holding you down or you're already at a place and you just need to move So the Lord is telling you to pick up that mat and walk towards your purpose and destiny in His life. And you can do it. He'll give you the strength. And I believe that for you this morning.
0: John, is that you? Come back here with me. Oh, you already got your trunks on. Come here. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm just trying to follow the Lord. Is that okay with you? Let me see your mic here, Pop.
1: Yeah.
0: This is John. John was here first service this morning. And man, the enemies really tried to, tried to take him out. But something happened when Pop and Sid walk this morning. Can you just take a minute? Just tell us what happened.
1: I don't know. I've never felt like that before.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You turned around and came back, didn't you? He came down to the altar first service. The Lord touched him, and he left and turned around and came back and said, I want to be baptized. Got his shorts on. I just feel like when Pavin said that the Holy Spirit touched somebody. There's people here this morning and you just don't want to stay where you're at. And You may have never been saved or you may have been saved and you're just, you know, gotten uh, taken away out of the tree or moved away. The enemy's tried to move you away but you're just here today and you know, there's nothing special about the front of this church, but there is something special about walking out in faith. And so you're just here this morning and you're just you saying, I just don't want to stay where I'm at. I just don't want to stay here any longer. I, I can't stay in darkness anymore. I, I, I refuse to continue to be bound and just stay in this place anymore. I just feel like God's calling me to walk out of this place and walk into a new place. And so I just say by the grace of God, if you're here today and you're like John, you were sitting in the first service and you say, I I need to walk out of where I'm at, I I just challenge you now, in the name of Jesus, whether you've ever accepted Jesus or not, it's not the thing. You just know you've got to walk out of where you are. God's calling you to leave this place that you're at and walk into a new place with Him. If that's you today, I want to challenge you now. Just lift your hand. If that's you, if that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, wave it at me. If that's you saying, I don't want to stay here. I don't want to stay in this place of darkness. Uh, that's right. Come on. They're already coming. If that's you, just get out of your seat and walk down here right now. Come on. Just get out of your seat and walk down here right now. If that's you, just get out of your seat and walk down here right now. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise while they're coming this morning. Woo. God's going to do something for you in baptism, John. That shofar sound is the sound of liberation. It's the sound of Jubilee. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. This is the Holy Spirit moving today. Thank you, Jesus. 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 It's not about how many, but it's about everybody. And so won't you just go ahead and touch, touch, look over to your neighbor and say, hey, if you need to go down there, I'll go with you. We don't want anybody to miss out on this opportunity today to, to reconnect to the tree of life the local church reconnect to jesus through the local church the grace of god the goodness of god are you coming are you coming we'll wait on you if you're coming praise god 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 just let them on in come on make find your way on in there here Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Everybody here down the front, I see you somewhere in the future. Things look a whole lot better than they do right now. God's got a future for you. God's got a place for you. There's a spirit of power and restoration and healing and forgiveness flowing in this service right now. Those of us that's been arrested, we know what it means when they say lift your hands. We just want you to lift your hands as an act of surrender this morning. We just all want to pray with you this morning we will pray out loud with you. Just say something like this. Just say, Father God, today I connect to Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Today I walk away from death, destruction, and darkness. And I walk into light, to liberty, to love, and grace. And today I receive the power of forgiveness, of grace, of acceptance. Today, I declare every yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. I declare every burden is removed. And today, I reconnect to my purpose, to my calling. In Jesus' name, I am saved I am empowered, I am loved, and I am forgiven by the grace of God, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Woo! Now, listen. We're pretty radical place. John left with his friends and turned around after he got 15 minutes down the road to come back because he wanted to be baptized. See, my opinion is like Philip in the chariot, he said, what does hinder us? There's water here. Yes. See, there's, I believe there's something powerful about baptism. Is there people, are there any people here this morning that's come and walked down here with me that you've not been baptized and you feel a need to be baptized? Would you wait, lift your hand and, and wave it at me if you're, you're here? You, need, you feel like you need one, two, three, four, five, six. You, 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 you've, you need to be baptized. If you wanna be baptized, we'll baptize you right now as we're baptizing John. If you wanna be baptized, just make your way to my left. And there's the people over there that'll help you. We've got shorts, t-shirts. We'll get you ready because we believe that there's no timeline right now to let the old man die, let the new man come alive and walk in newness of life. while they're while they're doing that won't somebody come down here and grab and hug three or four or five of these folks and love on them pray with them a minute thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus now listen we're gonna get we'll hear this because i know there's got people that need to leave there's places that you need to go and so we'll they'll take us a few moments to get people ready to baptize but if you need ministry today, if you need prayer, prayer for healing, prayer for deliverance, any type of prayer for spiritual momentum or movement, we have a prayer room available as you walk out on the right. Make sure and go by the wine to water table and check out what Pavin and uh, and th- these crews are going to be doing in Nepal and around the world and, and Barry and that crew that's, that's leaving here to go around the world and do different things. Also, if you, there's dream interpretation tables and prophecy tables. Ministers are available to minister to you today. We pray over Pavin. Today. Would you stretch your hands toward him? We say, Father, as he goes to Nepal, may your grace be with him. May your angels go with him, Lord. I thank you that today was the first of many powerful messages that he will declare to this generation of your goodness and of your grace and of your purposes, Lord. We thank you that you're raising up a new generation, oh God, that understands your grace and your goodness and will proclaim it to the ends of the earth. And so we bless him. We send him apostolically from this church into this mission for your purposes and your plans to be fulfilled. We bless him. Lord, he was blessed going in. Now he's gonna be blessed going out. And we send him with apostolic grace and apostolic power as he moves into this new season. Lord, we thank you for everything that you've accomplished in our lives today. We praise you, we glorify you, and we honor you for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody in agreement said, Amen. amen. Love you, be blessed. We'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this message. For more content like this, please visit wordalive.tv. If you're ready for your next step, you can attend Freedom Track either on campus or on our online courses. Have a great week.